Hey, 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 what's going on? It's your correspondent, John Ross, Marcus Cox. Coming at you today, I'm going to talk about uh, a little something that happened over the last, I think it was, I think it was yesterday, actually, when it's happened. Um, and one of my senators, Senator Mitch McConnell, had another little freeze-up. Uh, just appeared to just totally uh, forget he was alive um, when he was standing there and was at, and was asked a question at a at a news conference, and so it's about about calls again for term limits, age limits, all kinds of stuff like that. And so I'm gonna give you a little background on that. Then we're gonna watch some videos and show you kind of what everyone is referencing, and I'm gonna give you my thoughts on it. So let's just start out here with a little bit of background on congressional requirements and what the general public is saying about what those requirements should be at, at the moment. So here you go. Aging does not necessarily lead to cognitive decline and we all age differently. But the recent health concerns have renewed questions of whether lawmakers and political leaders should set maximum age limits as a precaution. According to an NBC analysis, the current Congress is the second oldest Senate and the third oldest House in American history. The median age for senators is 65, the highest on record. The median age for the House has hovered between 57 and 58, higher than any year before the past decade. At 78, President Biden was the oldest to ever be sworn into the Oval Office. Before him, Donald Trump held the record at age 70 during his inauguration. There are age minimums to run for office. Representatives must be at least 25, senators must be at least 30, and presidents must be 35 years old. The baby boomer generation is still overrepresented in Congress compared to the U.S. population. Baby boomers make up nearly half of Congress and only a fifth of the U.S. population. Polling shows there's bipartisan support for age limits. A YouGov poll in early 2022 found nearly 60% of Americans supported one, with a slightly larger preference from Republicans. So you have it. There's a lot of bipartisan support for this um, changing of, instead of just having like a minimum age, having a maximum age when it comes to you know, uh, whether you want to be a U.S. House member or U.S. Uh, Senator, U.S. President, you know, what have you. So I'm going to have some some specifics on my thoughts around that here in just a second. But I do think it's important to kind of give you some context as to what has people talking about this at the moment and why it seems to be such a hot button issue um and there are several people in congress that obviously that obviously shouldn't be there i mean let's just be honest here um probably someone in the white house that should that shouldn't be there um but this isn't a new a new problem and it isn't it isn't something that our founding fathers took lightly and i think we'll see once i get done here today the real problem isn't requirements it's humility <laughs> you know so, so i'm gonna flip back over here we're gonna we're gonna watch a couple more clips NPR NPR morning consult consult found, found. let me get rid of that one so we're gonna start here i'm gonna show you the clip from senator mitch mcconnell yesterday when he was performing a uh or doing a q a with reporters so i'm gonna take you back over here give me one second Twenty-six. What? What? Running for re-election in twenty-six. Oh. That's right. 
you hear the question, Senator, running for re-election in 2026? Yeah. All right, I'm sorry, you all, we're going to need a minute. Senator, Penny. Yep. Now, that, that, that's obviously hard to watch. And it'd be one thing if it's just like an isolated event, but it's, as you're going to see, it's not, it's not an isolated event. And, um, feel bad for the dude. You know, he's been in public service his whole life. He's done a lot of, you know, a lot of things, I think a lot of great things for, for the country and has certainly been big in our judicial nominee, sort of judicial nominees over the, over the years. And, uh, but he's also done some pretty stupid stuff as well. And I think he's, you're possibly very out of touch with the average Kentucky citizen, but so this was this that was just from yesterday. Here he is, a, around a month ago. This was the first time that that he froze up here. So let's go ahead and watch and listen to this one. NDA uh, this week has been good bipartisan cooperation and a string of uh, uh... Look, say what you say what you will on there. I mean, it's obviously easy to make fun of that. Um, but it's, to me, it's pretty, also pretty obvious that dude, old dude is having a seizure in both of these, uh, clips. You know, most people think when you're having a seizure, you're flailing around and looking all ridiculous. I mean, that's, just go Google seizure symptoms and what you're seeing there from him, you'll, you'll see plenty, you know, plenty of it. Now, there, there's other, other senators, other, uh, people in the government that have other cognitive issues and, that kind of thing. We're going to watch a couple. We're going to listen to a couple of them as well. So now, so this is again, Mitch is, he is, he's an old fart. He is, he's like 81 years old or something. Um, here's another one that is a young guy that actually was elected. You know, like I knew, I knew that he was, that it was this bad before he got elected. I don't know if they were suppressing it in Pennsylvania or not, but this is, this is Senator John Fetterman. Let's, uh, let's listen to, Mr. Fetterman here, real quick. ...or a Democrat issue. It's all of our issue that we have to take it on. We need to come together and stop playing political games with Americans' access to food. Americans like Chair... about Corey Jor from the north to the town of Northeast in Pennsylvania. It tells me that his victim was skimming, which was when somebody stole money and he relied from its SNAP EBT. Mr. Jor is not the first Pennsylvanian I've heard this from. I fear he won't be the last. And I will work in this farm bill to modernize SNAP to work to recipients in the 21st century. I look for... So that was, that, that was Mr. Fetterman. Literally just trying to read, trying to read from a piece of paper, and he couldn't get it right. Like he, again, like when you have cognitive impairments, I mean the 
your brain can't get it to your mouth <laughs> what you're trying to say. You may you may even know what you're trying to say in your head, but it doesn't but it doesn't matter. All right, here we go. Now I'm gonna let you listen to uh, President Biden here for for a couple of these. Give me one second. Here we go. Though so, uh, to set the Guinness Book of Records, world records, most simultaneous push-ups, there had to be an enormous amount of push-ups. Beyond you, beyond, but all of you, uh, I think you had some fun along the way. Maybe a good use of your epic passes. That would be reason enough to join. A few days later, the president was speaking. So even even out of context, you can tell that I me mean, like what Joe Biden's trying to say there. No, no one knows. <laughs> and it, it, here's probably one of the more funny ones that is uh, everyone can relate to because everybody this is everybody's grandpa whenever they started getting Parkinson's disease and Alzheimer's and dementia and all that. So it's the last clip, and then I'm then I'm done showing showing you and playing you clips. But again, I think it's important that we get some context on why everybody's having this conversation. And to get hot, I got a lot of, I got hairy legs that turn, that, 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 that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again. They'd look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. So again, it's just it's just constant. I mean, it's just every time you turn around. So and I don't, I didn't even pull up any clips of Senator Dianne Feinstein or Feinstein, ever how you say it, or and several others. You know, so I mean, it's like we've got a bunch of people in our U.S. House of Representatives, U.S. Senate, and in the Oval Office that. I'm not sure are putting any of their own thoughts together. And again, this isn't hyperbole or me trying to just like, you know, pile on here. I really don't know if they are, if they ha are at their own um, discretion. If they're, if they're saying things that's out of their mind or if they're literally just reading a piece of paper what someone else is thinking, they have no idea what's going on. I don't know. Feinstein was out for like a month and she came back in and was yelling at someone because they were saying that she hadn't been there and she literally did not remember not being there. So it has gotten bad. But here's what I want to talk about today is that I'm, I'm just tired of us being a reactionary people and wanting to make wide, you know, always feel like we need, we need to make wide sweeping changes when sometimes... It's actually a it's a specific individual problem and not something that we're like the entire three hundred and fifty million people need to need to adjust. And so my argument for this is when it comes to term limits, when it comes to age limits is I don't think at any time in the in the history of specifically people living here on this continent have people put more thought into the design of their of their government than our founding fathers did. 
That was literally all they were doing at that time. And they were doing so, they were doing it under the threat of being tar and feathered, being assassinated, their wives and children being killed, um, their, you know, all that. So, I mean, they, they had more skin in the game than anybody. And it's already well documented that the age, age limits, um, term limits, all that was, was discussed then. It's not like they just totally forgot, they didn't discuss the subject. And so before we start jumping onto that bandwagon and trying to have a age cap, I want to. I just want to revisit again the founding fathers' thought processes and the realities of the day that they lived in to prove to you that this is exactly how it was supposed to work. The only change is this. Back then, nobody wanted to be in government. You knew you were going to be taking a loss, a financial loss. You are going to be taking time away from your farm, away from your business, away from your family, all that. You had to pay for your own, all of your own stuff. Um, so what's changed from now to from then is there's no humility in our with our people running for office. People are running for office and literally staying there till the day they die. And it's Republican and Democrat. Mitch McConnell, brother, you need to sit down. You had RG, RG, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, RBG, RGB, whatever, whatever her little acronym was. She should have stepped down. If she believed in the cause and what, and what was, what she said she believed in, she would have stepped down and let a Democratic president replace her. Just like the one guy did here recently. Um, the guy that stepped down was Justice Breyer or whatever. You know, because otherwise, when you're on the Supreme Court, you're a vict- it's like you're a victim of circumstance. You're a victim of who's in the, who's in the Oval, getting to, getting to appoint the next Supreme Court justice. But just the general, um, the spirit of what it means to be a public servant means that you're supposed to put the public and the service of that public above your own interest which would mean that you need to n- not run for your election or step down once you're not a- once you're not able to to govern under with under your own faculty capacity whatever you want to call it. So I think it's funny in that in that first clip I showed I think it's all, it's honestly indicative of the baby boomer generation and it's going to be a topic of another show I'm going to do is just like we are ha- we have a baby boomer problem. The kids of the baby boomers and the baby boomers themselves. I guess really, it's, really, it's just the baby boomers themselves. They just had there's there's no humility in that generation. Like people wanted to just step down and like put everyone else above themselves. I mean, these are people that it's like when they think about retirement, I think about themselves. When they think about you know these are the, these are the grandparents that like won't babysit for their grand that won't watch their grandkids you know what churches are having a hard time getting people to volunteer for sunday school because now it's the baby boomers are the ones that should be taking care of sunday school but they can't find any volunteers um so we have a baby boomer problem but that the the issue the underlying issue isn't the fact that we don't have we don't have age limits 
It's the fact that we have people, individuals in in these positions that think it's about them and not about their constituents. So let's go back to the founding fathers here. Okay, so requirements to be House of Representatives, you got to be 25 years old. Hey, that sounds really young now. And I would argue that if, if anything right now, what we should be doing is raising the floor, the minimum age, because our founding fathers wanted people to have a little bit of wisdom and knowledge before they jumped into government. They didn't want AOC jumping into government. They didn't want the guy from North Carolina, what's the guy, the, the dude in the Madison Cawthorn, the dude in the wheelchair or whatever. No wisdom. They're, I mean, these people are babies. They're babies. I'm 37. I look at 30-year-olds and some decisions they make, and I'm like, damn, these people are babies. Like, and I probably would have made that decision too when I was 30. So it's like, there's some things that even going through a bunch of shit early on isn't, isn't enough. You need the age, the brain development, in order to be able to contextualize that event that took place and put it into perspective for yourself so that you can grow from it. So whenever they put in this 25-year age requirement for the U.S. House of Representatives, that was 65% of the life expectancy at the time the Constitution was ratified. If today we were to have, we were to use the same 65% life expectancy number just to run for House of Representatives, you would need to be 51 years old. Now again, what el why else would the founding fathers have been, been doing that? Well, because again, they didn't want to have career politicians. They wanted you to have to have a career first, make some mistakes first, rise from the ashes a couple of times, have some success, humble yourself, and not just get it, not just you know get elected as into the government when you're 25 years old, or at that you know that time it'd be the equivalent of like 15 years old, and you just suck on the teat of government your whole life. See, they've been 51 years old. <clears throat> so life expectancy in 1780 was 38. Life expectancy in 1875 was 39. 1900 was 48. 1925, 58. 1950, 67. And in 2020, life expectancy now is 79. So again, we haven't raised that minimum age ever. But the 65% of life expectancy what that number would represent based on overall life expectancy since 1780 has, has doubled. Instead of being 25 years old, if this was 1780, you'd need, uh, using those parameters, you need to be 51 a day. Okay, another, another thing that's interesting, I thought was just, so you got to be a citizen at least seven years old, at least of seven years in, in, the, in the United States, in the House of Representatives, and a resident of that state you actually don't have to live in the district you're running for. Interestingly enough, the founding fathers placed notably few hurdles between ordinary citizens becoming U.S. House rep. So they said you don't have to live in your district. You just have to live in the state somewhere. The only requirement they put in there, the only one, was that you had to have reached 65% of life expectancy. Which means they thought that was pretty damn important. 
They didn't have a, an age cap on there. So that's the U.S. House of Representatives. Let's go down to the Senate now. Senate, you've got to be 30 years of age. Nine years a U.S. citizen, okay? Nine years a U.S. citizen. In 1780, again, 30 years of age. When the life, your life expectancy in 1780 was 38. In 18, all the way to up to 1875, 100 years later, life expectancy was still 39. So to be a U.S. senator, you would need to be 79% of the average time that you, that you could expect to be on this earth with breath in your lungs. Now, again, they didn't, they, they were putting all this stuff into perspective, and they were, um, you know, just making all these decisions. So it says, as introduced in May of 1787, James Madison's Virginia plan left Senate age restrictions to the delegates to decide, only stating that members of the second branch must be of the age of blank at least. Without debating the subject further, delegates voted in favor of filling the blank with 30 and passed the clause unanimously on June 25th, three days after the designated 25 as the minimum age for representatives. In the Federalist Number 62, Madison justified the higher age requirement for senators by its, by its deliberative nature the senatorial trust called for a greater extent of information and stability of character than would be needed in the more democratic House of Representatives. So listen, guys, this age limit stuff, I, I hear Democrats talking about it, I hear Republicans talking about it. It's totally antithetical to what the Founding Fathers wanted our government to look like. They call it the people's house for a reason. They got the, the, age, the age levels a little bit lower because that's the people's house. Okay, so they wanted you to be, like, you know, they, they wanted less restrictions on that because they wanted the people to pick, to pick those representatives. But they still thought you should have reached 65% of your life expectancy before serving in the U.S. House of Representatives. They made the senator age limit higher on purpose, on purpose, on purpose, because they didn't want some dumbass kid getting in there that has no context to life because they haven't been through shit yet. They got one kid that's like four years old. These are the people that think it's like so easy to be parents they got one kid they wanted you to have more wisdom and have been through more stuff than even the house the house representatives had that they wanted they wanted your your what that what was the term what was the phrase that i just used there they wanted you to have a greater extent of information and stability of character i think we all can agree to that that when we we're younger our character even though we may have had the same principles and values that we believe in, you know, actually putting those into practice and living them out. You know, you, there's trial and error that goes on there. So I tell, I tell, all, I tell everybody, I, I say all this to tell everybody this. Like, let's not, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Should Senator Mitch McConnell resign or retire? Yes. Should Diane Feinstein? Yes. 
Should John Fetterman? Yes. Is Joe Biden a kooky puppet that may not know what day it is? Po yes. Possibly yes. Does it mean that we go out and just totally go against everything the Founding Fathers had envisioned for the country? What it means is that we got to get back to our original principles and morals and values and stop voting for these people when we know they're too damn old. That's what we got to do. Founding Fathers knew what they were doing. Let's not reinvent the wheel. We don't need a new playbook. Just because we, we didn't score any points in the last game doesn't necessarily mean that the whole playbook needs thrown out. Maybe we're just missing a block somewhere. All right, so I'm interested in what you have to say. Appreciate you listening. And again, this is the Way Too Much JRMC Podcast. I'm John Ross, Marcus Cox. Thank you. Have a great day.